You're listening to a Flawless Noises Media Network production. Welcome back to another episode of the Ratchet Ramblers Podcast presented to you by Flawless Noises Media. I am one of your hosts. I am Jeremy. I go by Black Dante on Twitter and Instagram, Facebook. Good to hear. Look, everybody. Um, and for my AKA today, I will be um, AKA uh, <laughs> AKA that nigga is not gonna stay with you if you spoil him. Spoil him, he probably still gonna cheat. Um, and I'm joined by. Hey everybody, it's Candice. You can find me on all social media. It's not so newlywed PC. My AKA today is you still in federal money. Uh, <laughs> good guy um first things first we're not covering real housewives of atlanta it's at this point we're on a episode by episode basis with the show i watched last sunday's episode and it was still just a old bunch of bitches arguing about things that just really don't matter and i'm not here to cover that because kenya is still calling the women tramps for for whoever fucked Bolo in South Carolina. Latoya is being messy and being a backstabber with Kenya, but Kenya is a messy backstabber. So we see how that friendship forged and burned. Um, I It just, it makes no sense to me. So we're not covering it. We'll check back in next week and see if it was any better, uh, but I have nothing. With that said, thank you for being a listener. Thank you for constantly supporting. Uh, If you're subscribed to the Patreon, thank you for that. We just dropped a new episode of Ratchet Reloaded yesterday where we, (laughs) woo, listen, go subscribe at the minimum $5 level to get access to Ratchet Reloaded so that you can hear why Jeremy thinks God be going off Duce when he does certain shit. You will not be disappointed. We are covering Mama June's Road to Redemption. We finished up Basketball Wives. We'll be bringing back... We'll be bringing back Growing Up Hip Hop. We may add Jocelyn's Cabaret. Goddamn uh, Love Goes is coming back, and we don't really have any space in the lineup for it. Well, we might. Depends. Hold your mule on that. We might. I think we do because come on, hold your there was <laughs> there was no new episode of Little Women, and there was supposed to be a new episode of Little Women because in the showrunners it says that an episode was supposed to drop on the twenty sixth. Yet on Lifetime's network, there is no new episode to drop. On Xfinity, there's no new episode. On Amazon Man. Prime, where you can stream it, there's no new episode. So I don't know what's going on there. Um, you know, we'll we'll check back in next week. But if they can't get it together, we can't either. Shit, we can add. You know, we'll add. Love goes in, but I do think without with uncertain with certainty, we will be adding this couples retreat shit on VH1 to Ratchet Reloaded. And it's not because of our old dead horse favorites from Love and Hip Hop. There is one particular couple 
that I am really intrigued to have an inside look at they mess. And this delicious, who we did not know was with us, we thought she gave it up. <laughs> <laughs> and gave it to God. You and the and the and the guy from the Central Park Five because it was some news. Friend, it was it one two three years ago when it broke that she was dating him after he had, they had gotten the the Central Park Five had gotten those big settlements for being wrongfully imprisoned and such and so on. Uh, and we was like, uh, delicious kind of seems like a a predator. Um, I, I had forgot delicious was with us so. I, I, so you, they mind, that couple will be on there and i'm very interested to see what their problems are so short into the relationship and then you got the old goats uh yandy and mendeecees ray j and princess kirk and rashida and then michael blackson and some asian woman who i have no ideas but the uniqueness of their relationship is she has committed to some form of non-traditional relationship where they could bring other women in the bedroom because she thinks that will keep him from cheating because he told her he's never been faithful a day in his life to a woman um but it looked like he still cheats so looking the way he looked looking the way he motherfucking looks. <laughs> like so. that is some audacity <laughs> <laughs> nigga because my complexion look like a goddamn fire poker the audacity of you to not be for the nobody nigga have you seen you the motherfucking gall fire poker's like now why am i in it <laughs> i just come to do my job and start a fire why am i in it um <laughs> listen i just i got questions before we before we get started i i mentioned this on ratchet reload and i'm gonna say it here waka and tammy with the flocka <laughs> so tammy's daughter charlie in a recent episode came out to waka and tammy as liking girls and wanting to bring a girl as her date to her quinceanera. And wouldn't you know that the Flockers handled it with grace? But, mm. but before you, we get to ooh and nah, and he's such a great parent, this is the same Waka Flocka who made very harmful comments regarding Zaya Wade. And how really? Dwayne Wade was raising her, and how he doesn't agree with the that the lifestyle that they're allowing Zaya to live and be who she is. And uh, Zoe, uh, the uh, with the dreads, you know, social media yeah. phenomenon. I love you know who I'm talking about, right? Yeah. He he made a very poignant statement in that. There is so much homophobia within within homophobia that this man came out supportive and, and wanting his daughter to be who she is, but felt the need to make disparaging comments about Zaya Wade and how acceptable society treats women on women um 
homosexuality and bisexuality because nine times out of ten they treat it as if it's just a phase and they'll get over it and get back to the dick someday um I, I applaud the community for speaking up when they see bullshit like this because Waka almost slipped under a lot of people's radar with that I'm supportive of who Charlie is and what she wants to do and who she wants to be I mean they I should need- they, it shouldn't have because this is the same like this see I didn't you know I don't pay attention to the flocker so this is news to me that he did this on both counts, but it's not surprising to me because he has not changed his stance on trans people since Caitlyn came out. And yeah. now granted, we all know that Caitlyn is a bozo, but Walker was very transphobic when she first came out. You know, so, and that was like, what? 2014, 15, something like that? So in, what, the span of five, six years, he still has not evolved his thinking or or done the work to unlearn, unlearn transphobia. So this doesn't shock me at all. It doesn't With- shock me. The points that were made that they're only so accepting of this because they more than likely have written it off as a phase. Yep. Um, I, I fully believe that. I fully believe that his politics have not evolved because if they had, he would have made a statement about how harmful it was for him to make any type of disparaging remarks against any young person in the black LGBTQIA community and how harmful and dangerous they can be considering they are now having a situation within their own home where they need to, they need to be supportive and loving and kind to their child who is identifying as a part of that same community. There's been nothing. And in grand fashion, his workhorse, Tammy, talks about, well, y'all should just see it as growth. I don't see anything as growth. I don't see it as growth because I don't see an apology. It's given performance. And I'm not asking for an I'm not asking for an apology. I like genuine apologies. I don't want anybody for Swaka to speak on anything. But if it was truly growth in light of their child coming out to them, that would have been a huge, that would have been at the top of his priority. Priority list is a topic of conversation. It's not hey, growth. I made ha- some dis. Yeah, go it's ahead, not, friend. It's not growth because he hasn't. Uh, one, he hasn't acknowledged his past transphobia. Two, he's still being transphobic. And three, if he actually had growth, then C one and two. Mm-hmm. So it's and and just like the and just like before. When he was being transphobic the first time so many years ago, who was like you said, who was his workhorse? Who was the 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 um the mouthpiece who was giving all the apologies why he didn't say a goddamn thing? Tammy. Yep. hmm So both of y'all so, go to hell and leave us alone. Amen. Now moving on. We're gonna circle back to homophobia. Like we, but right, we really gonna circle back to homophobia, and it's gonna be some shit, okay? Because Martell, you you know what? Go ahead, friend. Go ahead. Go ahead. I mean, friend, if we want to, if we want to drag them first, we can. <laughs> we can, but let's go with the order we said in the pregame. <laughs> <laughs> if the spirit hit you, it's hitting you. It ain't <laughs> stop you. Um, but we're gonna. <laughs> 
we're gonna we're gonna circle down to Atlanta really quickly for Married to Medicine because only a few things really stood out to me. Let me pull up my timeline because sometimes instead of taking notes, I'll live tweet while I'm watching the shows, and I'm screaming at your timeline being your notes. I am fucking how. <laughs> <laughs> So enough, and I and I hashtag my shit too, so I can get right to it. So you okay. just like in Microsoft Word, you got bullet points. That's what I'm saying. Know me, understand me, vision me. Okay. I'm okay. Now, I am still very, very shocked and confused and befuddled and confuddled and twisted and tangled and turned left, right, sideways, up, down, horizontal, zigzag about Scott and Contessa's marriage being in complete shambles, there being no communication, there being no accountability on both sides. Still, to this day, nearly two years later, after the whole changing of careers, going to school in Nashville thing, and yet y'all are opening up a practice together. Yeah. I do not understand it. And it's, it's giving put a band-aid on a bullet shot. Yeah. And it's also it's what it's given. given. It's also kind of given we don't know what the hell we're doing because um like the what stood out to me was that when Jackie was trying to give her advice when they when Jackie visited her practice, something that Jackie said and Lord knows, you know, she's I got not words an active that. listener. Yeah, she and she's not. She really not. She don't shut up. And honestly, she never has. excuses. Honestly, she never she, has. Contessa has never accepted any accountability for the stress and strain she put on her family when she made a one-person decision to completely change careers, go back to school, states away from her, from Scott and the kids. I wholeheartedly have smoke for Scott for the way he handled things. We ended up eating our words some time ago when we started covering this bullshit they was going through. Yeah, we did. He could have been more support supportive. He could have watched the things he was saying around the kids. Yeah. But she has never accepted any accountability for the kind of stress and strain she introduced into their family. Yeah. And we said it, and I'll continue to say it. She made a decision like she was a single woman. Yep. She did not fully consider what this meant for the kids and their routine, for Scott, his career, she thought she wanted to change her career, and that was all that mattered. And I fully believe, had she sat down, had they sat down, mapped out a plan, made proper arrangements, yep, it would have went a lot better. How this could be completed and a lot smoother, that they wouldn't be in this position. That is one of my biggest things with Contessa. Yeah. She does not hold herself accountable in her marriage. Yeah. And neither does Scott. Because granted, even though, like you said, we did end up eating our words a bit, what we did not end up eating our words on was that Contessa, if you are in a marriage, shit, not even a marriage a relationship, and you are going to make a decision like that, 
that is something you talk with your partner. Y'all map out a plan. Y'all y'all work as a unit so you can make the best transition possible for not only for your for for yourselves, for your kids, and as the unit. Contessa did not do that. Now, did Scott handle it completely wrong? Yes, he absolutely did. But yes, we would not have gotten there if Contessa would have took the time to say, "Hey, Scott, I want to do this." Can we make up a plan so we can work so it won't stress you, it won't stress the kids, and it won't stress me? Because I feel like with the with their finances, it could have been as simple as hiring in-home help. Yep. Hiring that would have took the stress off of both of them a lot. In terms of a housekeeper, hiring somebody, a nanny that comes in and can transport the kids back and forth to school, like a live-in nanny it don't have to be no young ass beautiful woman it could have been an older caregiver because they kind of got that they kind of got that now with um, it's so weird like yeah friend that's what they have going now with their with the nieces being there yeah right so it's like i mean granted nobody could have predicted covid but like if you your niece is helping you out now then Maybe not your niece, but y'all could have gotten help before. So like, and but that again goes back to the point of like, they did not, Contessa did not come to Scott and they mapped out a plan together and Scott was kind of doing this on the fly and he handled it poorly. And now we have a whole mess where two years later, they trying to go into business together and we don't even know if they still really like each other for real. She still has a lot of resentment towards him. And if she still has that much resentment towards him, he still has equally as much resentment towards her for how she kicked the shit off. Yeah. That's that's the one thing that's sticking out to me because typically, friend, resentment is not a one-way street in situations like this. No. We saw his resentment when it first started. And now we're seeing her resentment. So it's there on both ends. And yet both people have decided that they don't need professional help to get beyond this. And that a solution is starting a practice together as a band-aid. That's not going to help. If it's not going to work. If, if anything's going to make it worse. Cause like I said last week, oftentimes business and, and, and relationships do not mix. Yeah. Oftentimes businesses expose all the chinks in a relationship. Hello. So I, I'm still very confused about that. And now I want to move on to this. Well, Anila adds nothing to this show. She's just Toya. Why Slanky. is she That's here? It. And why are you trying to play peacekeeper when you don't know the the, the true magnitude of Toya and Contessa's relationship. Okay, I'm That's, so glad. I have a problem. Here. I have a problem with that. Uh, and mm. I have a problem with you taking Toya's word at face value when Contessa has been amongst this group of ladies far longer than you. And you think that is something as trivial as some goddamn shoes. We can go back to Toya accusing Contessa of lying about her father being sick. Meanwhile, her father has since passed away. Yep. For that damn, we can because, go back because Toya missed that. Not Toya, because uh, Contessa missed on uh, Toya's birthday. One of them, one of them parties that she too damn broke the host, but she did anyway. Go ahead, Candace, We can bad. we can go back to Toya accusing Contessa of lying about the reason she had um, 
her double mastectomy. Yep. We can go back to Toya roughly handling Contessa and damn near pushing her in the chest after that surgery. Yep. There's some very, to... very nasty history between Toya and Contessa. And for you to sit up here and try to play peacekeeper and, and not ask for the whole truth and go outside of Toya's lying, scamming, flunky ass, I'm very confused. And I don't know why you're here. And instead of trying to play peacekeeper with Toya and Contessa, maybe you should try to figure out why your husband dislikes your parents so goddamn much. <laughs> Cause he was annoyed as fuck to walk in to see your parents in his house. Right. But Anila, my thing is you don't bring nothing to this show other than to just be, be toys flunky, which we see, which we see not even three episodes into the goddamn season because you could have just shut the fuck up and manage your business. Like these are two grown motherfuckers, one that you know, um, and one that you don't know, and they don't like each other. Instead of trying to play peacemaker, you could have just minded your business. Because if you really wanted to, if you really want to establish a relationship or a friendship with Contessa, Contessa said it. If you here for me, why are we talking about somebody else? You legit just could have just minded your damn business. Two people don't like each other. Okay, and we grown. Shit happens. But while we're here, Toya, I need you to be um, be as big as your mouth and stand up in the fact that you just don't like Contessa. And it ain't got a, it ain't got a goddamn thing to do with no motherfucking funky-ass shoes. If we were to have a real conversation... Because, listen, I'm from the South. Most of, Go ahead. most of my dragging this episode is for Toya, and we gonna get to some shit, but... You're jealous of Contessa. And have been for a very long time. Contessa is exactly around your age. You're not jealous of Quad because Quad's marriage failed. But you have been jealous of Quad's success outside of being a, a stay-at-home wife when she mm. was married. You go out of your way to have problems with the women that you find in your age group who are doing better than you. Contessa's better than you she looks better she dresses better she has a better career she has a better attitude yeah she actually has she a career a, she don't have a horse bite ass mouth your issue with contessa is contessa is everything that you kind of wish you could be because all you're known as on the show is the bitch that constantly gets you and dr eugene into debt which put a pin in that yeah, put a pen and, in that, please. And now, speaking of quality, I, also, I also wanted to say a few things. Toya, how are you the most stressed on the show while doing the least? You don't work. You don't have any outside businesses. You don't assist Dr. Eugene in any way. Why are you so fucking stressed during the pandemic? Because you have to show up and be a goddamn parent. Furthermore, mm. Furthermore, how is your husband a hospital director and an ER doctor and during fucking COVID? In Atlanta. Yet he is the one, he is the one coming home and having to cook dinner. 
Dr. Eugene Bush deserves better. On top of that, why are you so stressed about these kids in school? You y'all have all this money that you keep trying to throw in everybody's face, right? Mm. Why would y'all not hire somebody to come in and help homeschool those children if you feel so inept and stressed out? Although I know why those kids are behind, because every fucking time it's time for schoolwork. You rushing out the house to hop in the golf cart and play soccer with some white folks who probably don't think that highly of you to begin with. Mm. Now we get into the root. Now we getting now we get into it. Now we get into it. The reason you so goddamn stressed is because you and I and who was it? Was it Simone? I think it was Simone. She said in her confessionals, Toya is too caught up in trying to keep up with the Joneses and keeping up a fabulous, uh, a lavish lifestyle that she, hold on, let me rephrase that, that Eugene can't afford for real instead of actually being a goddamn parent. Now, now Simone didn't say all that. I'm saying that. She ain't got time to be a wife, a parent, a, a partner because she trying to she trying to keep up with the goddamn Joneses too motherfucking much in a fucking pandemic. Shit, the first goddamn episode, she was complaining that Eugene was out here trying to save lives. Toya, you don't do shit. You don't do don't shit do but spend money and occur debt. The least you could do is be a little bit more thankful, motherfucker. You don't have COVID. Your, your kid's still here. Your, your husband is literally a goddamn doctor trying to fight this motherfucker and save lives. And you up here complaining that you can't have a goddamn party. Then gonna get mad when Contessa pulled your hall card is like, yes, girl, we are going under COVID. We are privileged. We should have a little bit of motherfucking perspective. You up here talking about stop bringing up COVID. I'm sorry, the motherfucker with the least is talking about stop bringing up COVID. Con- not Contessa Toya, you got some motherfucking you nerves. Everybody at that motherfucking table is in the COVID trenches except for your big stupid ass. Exactly. Girl, leave us alone. This ain't about no shit. motherfucking shoes. And I and I agree with Contessa, don't invite me here to some shit when this bitch told you she was going to try to start some shit with me. Talking about, uh, and also tell your mama to mind her motherfucking business. My thing is why invite me to something you call Toya your ace. Toya telling you she don't fuck with me and she going to start some shit if she can why invite me to that type of environment and make me uncomfortable in front of all these fucking people? Because Anila is Toya's flunky. And that's the only reason she is on this show. Talking about, so you think we got all dressed up, our kids dressed up to set you up? Absolutely. Absolutely. Because you tried to play peacemaker with half the fucking truth. Yeah. Certainly right. do. And then in the previews, Anila gonna tell Contessa... I feel like you disrespected my mom a little bit when she tried to step in. Tell your mom to mind her fucking business. Which is what you should have did. Talking about an Indian culture. Contessa said when black culture, it's customary to keep your goddamn hands to yourself. Hello? Hello? I thought it was bullshit. Like we, like like we would not be here, Neela, if you literally, because this could have been a. Because honestly, I like the party, I like the theme, you know, I like Indian culture, all that. It literally would not have been a problem if you would have minded your motherfucking business. 
My thing is, don't tell me you want to get to know me one-on-one and our first introduction is you inviting me to be ambushed by this bitch. The only thing I wish Contessa would stop doing is letting Toya get under her skin. Like, I would have paid Toya dust. Yeah. Truly. I would have paid her dust. Also... We see Heavenly and Quad. Quad come over Heavenly House. And I'm fucking screaming at Heavenly saying, I mean, Quad saying the same shit I'm saying. Why do you need a three-story closet and you can't fucking dress? <laughs> also, Quad looked real good. He looks phenomenal. But it, again, Toya is a two-faced backstabbing cow. <laughs> and typically typically I don't care for Heavenly's man a brand of messy but I'm very glad she showed Quad that goddamn video yeah yeah I agree because this is the thing you bringing up Quad and her little bullshit ass apartment in this that and the third we talking about a single woman with no children that's your problem now broke bitch you constantly trying to live outside you and your husband's means. No, just what a husband's means because she ain't got shit. Just a husband's means. Even the money she make from the show. It's outside her means. <laughs> Damn. Just tell me what the fuck. Damn. <laughs> tell me what the fuck Quad need a whole big ass house for and she ain't got no cheering running around in there. <laughs> Come on, cheering. Help me understand why this woman needs to be blowing money on a bunch of space she's not using. That's what, Toya, I promise you. Your husband need to put you in some financial counseling classes because even the house y'all live in now is big as fuck for no reason. Yeah, and we said that as soon as they were building that, you know, quote-unquote dream house, forever house. We said that. There's a whole bunch of it's a whole bunch of space, a whole bunch of shit, and you don't even know if you're still gonna be there within the next five years. It just uh, you do a lot to be grandstanding, and my problem with the comments you made about Quad's living situation is, bitch, you and Eugene are not that far removed from them them tax problems. Y'all are not that far removed from having to sell y'all first quote unquote forever house. Y'all All are right. not that far removed from renting houses. <laughs> that foreclosure house. Y'all are not that far removed from foreclosures. My little first, my little first foreclosure. <laughs> like uh, it's a lot of shit that you and Eugene are not that far removed from for you to be commenting on somebody else's living situation and finances. Whatever Quad is doing, it works for Miss Quad. And it works for Miss Quad's finances. Yep. Without Eugene Toya, you wouldn't have a pot to piss in and a window to throw it out of to be making those kind of derogatory comments about the next woman who is living within her means. And it's successful and actually doing things which you don't do, Toya. Like Toya, you li- you do you do a lot. <clears throat> excuse me. <clears throat> excuse me. You do a lot to grandstand with the least. And I do not understand it. 
but I'm surely glad Quad spilled all your tea in seconds. With your begging, borrowing, stealing ass to get that goddamn house. <laughs> Why you talking big, bad, and crazy and come to find out you and Eugene got that loan by the skin of y'all goddamn teeth. Then you, a woman who don't probably earn six figures, took out a six-figure loan for a pool in the backyard. I ain't gonna even call you no broke bitch because I don't even live in no house as nice or as beautiful or luxurious as yours. But what I do know is before I running around talking about somebody else shit who is probably paid for, who probably has a lot less debt than you, I would check myself first. I would I would sweep around my own back porch first. Because well, you would work you Dr. Ha- Eugene in the ground to keep some Fendi t-shirts on your big back. <laughs> Well, you would sweep around your own porch, friend, because you have self-awareness, something that I don't think Toya can even spell. Childs. Talking about everybody else's finances and living situations and this, that, and the third, and you don't have nothing to show for what the fuck you do all day in, day out. You you don't even know that it's children and not childs. Bitch, please. You You a whole grifter your goddamn self. (laughs) Married to Griffin. Get off our motherfucking (laughs) show title. Get off our goddamn (laughs) porch with that bullshit. You got you got way too much to say. You do the most with the least. Um damn damn, toy. Not to mention what you was about to say, friend. I was going to say, damn, I didn't know Toya was related to Sean King. Too far? Okay, cool. Moving right along. Um... Not to mention, we are four episodes in and you have literally argued with half the cast at this point. All right. You have had an argument with Contessa for no reason over some shit from Christmas. You have argued with Heavenly over some shit that has nothing to do with you. She don't yell that that's half the, She don't yell that That's Jackie. half the OGs. That's half the OGs. That's two out of the four. Yeah. Yeah, she don't argue with her husband. She don't yell at the other husbands. You need some dick. Anyways, that was it for Married to Medicine. We're going to, it's going to get very heated on tonight's episode. Her and Heavenly is really going to go at it. Who was talking about Tori and I'm ready for that. Mm-hmm. Well, that's the type of negativity I goes up for. Let's move on to the Bell Collective. Speaking of heated. The reunion, part two. Kaylin. <laughs> that's where we, that's where that's where that's where part one left off and that's where part two picked up so that's where we coming to um first of all i i really would like to know what type of clout you got in jackson because as big bad and tough as marie is 
that bitch knew not to bark back too hard. Right. <laughs> Can I let me hold on um, before, before you drag her? Let me say this before you drag her because she deserved to be dragged. Let me say this I don't like Kayla. I think a white woman being on this show is giving racist. I think Kaylin is a racist. I don't like her. I ain't like the since she did them damn Karen ass tears at that damn brunch. It's fuck her. However, when she said <laughs> that Marie was stealing federal money, I laughed my fucking ass off just like I'm doing now because that shit was funny. <laughs> It wasn't true, but that shit was funny. <laughs> nah, I'm going to let my friend drag you because you're a racist white bitch. I just had to get that out because that shit was funny. I guess the point for me is <laughs> what's this hard on you got for Marie? Because you absolutely deserve to be called out at that brunch. Yes. Yes, you did. You absolutely deserve to be called out at that brunch. I absolutely agree that Marie should have stepped in and said, we're not here to uh, help you get over your white guilt. This is about empowering black women. And if you're not here to empower black women, sit down and shut the fuck up. It was the time and the place for that. It was not the time and the place to educate you about racism. You are a Southern white woman. If you know nothing else, you know racism. Because you are racist. And racism has benefited you greatly. Which is why you were able to go to a black blogger with all kind of misinformation on that woman. I do not care for Marie at all. She's not my cup of tea. But under any of them circumstances, you would not have done this to a white person. In the defense she had you, didn't make sense either. She was like, I went to the blogger so I could get information just in case Marie came for me. Girl, what? What, what <laughs> the fuck can a blogger tell you that you can't pull up yourself being from Jackson, Mississippi? Right. Then you got all this information and there's no receipts on it. Ooh. I would not let Marie counsel my goddamn dog if I had one. <laughs> damn be clear <laughs> damn <laughs> but to accuse this black woman who has been in practice for nearly 20 years and has built these goddamn businesses from the ground up to accuse her of stealing federal money in a pandemic when mental health businesses and practices and specialists thrived because covid took such a toll on this country specifically black people because we were we are and continue to die in mass numbers far greater than everybody else we continue to deal with homelessness far greater than everybody else due to pandemic we continue to deal with joblessness far greater than everybody else in the pandemic mental health thrive because you did not need to sit face to face you do not need to sit face to face to get the help you need to keep your mental in check while you deal with the rest of this clusterfuck that has been the pandemic. I absolutely do not believe Marie was still in federal funds, but it was right. fucking funny to hear her say it and yes. say it so matter of factly with no receipts to back it up. 
Right. Like, that's also now, why it was funny. It was funny because it, like, how she said it also because she blurted wrong. out of nowhere, Marie's still in federal funds. <laughs> that shit was funny as hell. <laughs> I'm sorry. That and then, then to say, well, I had to get her before she get me. Like, what girl, this ain't football. About you? <laughs> uh-uh. What do, what do they have? What do they know about you and Jackson that you would need to go this far to protect your own image? Right? Like, what you, what you doing out here? But what shows me how unimportant you are to Marie is she didn't even give a fuck to try to expose nothing about you. Bitch, I would have tried to go so far back in your lineage and find out who owned fucking slaves. <laughs> Baby, I would have embarrassed you. Marie gave you a lot of grace that you did not fucking deserve because, baby, I would have embarrassed the fuck out of you and your family and them. Baby, I would have found out if your family even drink black coffee or they too racist and put cream in it. You know. Baby, it ain't ain't nothing I wouldn't have found out about your motherfucking family (laughs) in this moment. Oh shit. <laughs> now, back to Marie and Letitia. You two goofy bitches still don't have no receipts. Matter of fact, you got the opposite of what you're claiming. Kaylin is sitting here telling you that, it that was both Antoinette and Latrice told her that what she was doing was a terrible fucking idea and to leave it alone. And that she was doing it. <laughs> They, she, they told her not to do it. And as a result, it strained that relationship. Well, Latrice and Kaylin are not that close. Antoinette and Kaylin are close. Yeah. When she found out what Kaylin was doing, she told her, do not do it. That's a kind Antoinette, of same thing. Kaylin admitted that she did it anyways. Yeah. And you two high-faced bitches still can't apologize. <laughs> and not only that, not only that, Marie still saying that I had the receipts. Antoinette, like flat out said, do those receipts have my name on it? And Egypt, before before Marie could even get it out, Egypt was like, well, I just, we just established that I ain't no damn receipt. So Marie, what the hell are you still talking about? Why are you still mad at them? Letitia up here talking about y'all just some mean girls. Ma'am, 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 ma'am. When they rolled the footage back of the shade with Antoinette and Latrice and Letitia and Marie, I wholeheartedly agree with Antoinette. Their shade was fun. It was petty. It was not malicious. What Marie and Letitia do is malicious, specifically Marie. Right. Marie is malicious because we she even sat up on that stage and said uh, Antoinette don't have a mind of her own. And I'm so glad Antoinette checked her. Baby, you're not the only one opening practices. Don't tell me about having a mind or not. When I opened a whole new dental practice as one of the few black dentists in Jackson, Mississippi, while navigating a divorce during a pandemic, bitch, don't you ever. Because Miss Marie, bitch, you don't even have a doctorate yet. You're not a doctor yet. You're not a PhD. 
Right, put some respect on Antoinette Tyler, especially considering the shit that you got going on back at your house. Like, you got a whole lot of goddamn nerve, Marie, as long as your goddamn jaw. Marie is a typical dish it and can't take it ass bitch. And Letitia, boy, baby, baby, put a pin in that because we finna get to these husbands. Is Cedric developmentally delayed? <laughs> <laughs> like is is do all the lights come on upstairs when he like when somebody walk in the house do all the lights come on even in the attic <gasps> because he is he, weird than a motherfucker he's very weird he's very weird I was he's very weird and he don't want to be he don't want to be with you Marie now Excuse me. Let me say, points was made. I under, I I have best friends who are like sisters to me. I love them. I consider them my people in a way that it's a spiritual connection. But in no form or fashion do those women in my life feel comfortable crossing boundaries where my relationship and marriage is concerned? Yes, I love you. Yes, you my sister. But yes, there are boundaries. And yes, they will be respected. Furthermore, Marie, you don't tell the whole story. Because when Cedric came out there and was like, hey, I didn't go to Aruba with no woman. I went with one of my good friends, one of my homeboys. Mm. Baby, you look like Boo Boo the fucking fool. When Cedric said, hey, when I was planning these trips, I wanted Marie to come with me. She waited and waited and then declined at the last minute when the trips were paid for. Baby, vision me planning a whole trip, paying for it, and then not going because you couldn't make, get your shit together. There's a lot more to their situation that we're not being told. Um, and in grand fashion, Marie doesn't take accountability for anything. Not her behavior, not her actions, not anything. So we'll never fully know the truth. But something in me is saying that because she said she's dating somebody else and Cedric seemed unfazed in the motherfucker. Nigga said, I respect you. I got love for you. God speed. God bless. All right. He's so goddamn happy to not be with her ass no more. Cedric, like, I want to be free. Also, I respect Cedric's response when asked about Marie's kids. So they have yeah. one daughter together. The rest of those kids are from previous a previous relationship. Mm-hmm. He said, I'm not Jarrell's father figure. Jarrell's father is Jarrell's father figure. And don't try to put me in that role to, to make it look like he don't have no father figure for TV and I'm the one. Yeah, I like I did like that response as well. But he 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 weird. He weird, she weird. This is, this is a weird situation. 
like do the toilets flush up there? Do the t- all, right, all right, let's move on. Nigga oh. said, do the toilets flush. What is wrong with you? <laughs> um, I don't really have anything to say about Cliff and Latrice. I mean, we know the age difference. We know that they hate talking about it because she damn near his kid's age. Mm-hmm. But, friend, when this show first started, didn't we say he had been married before and probably got kids her age? Yep, we did. That's why we thought the didn't whole thing was weird. Weird. And didn't we say it was a reason why they probably didn't have no kids? He's probably not pressed to have no more kids. Nope. If she wants to have kids, they will. But he could care one way or the other because he got four sons. Yep. Exactly. Um, I do believe she loves that old ass nigga. And we stand corrected about goddess lens uh because he said that he only invested in the company once it was off the ground every dime that went into starting up that business was her money i you know hmm, friend let me i don't know if i saw it in the season but i definitely saw when he was out on the stage uh he's not afraid to let her shine and i think that's a big difference between those other two men between glenn and cedric it also it, it it also makes that remember that meeting that he uh that he kind of barged in on with Latrice and um when she was doing that business it it still it makes it look a little less bad. Well, like we didn't know that he had the title of VP for that company. That's the other part. Now, I I will say I was pretty much I was good. Like I said, I'm good with this first season. It was a valiant effort. Get Tambor out of here and give us somebody else next season, though. Yeah, and don't bring that white woman back. And leave that white woman off. But they totally left out the fact that he's the VP of her companies. So it makes sense that he wants to have input. Because I thought he was just quietly investing, like a silent partner. Because that's how they made it seem in the season. Like he was a silent investor. But meanwhile, he got a whole company title. Yeah. Um, but when they were sitting on the stage, he he let her shine and he 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 bigged her up. Like, hey, she grind. If she find a dollar, she could turn it to two. Yeah, I, I did I did uh, enjoy that. The complete opposite. Yeah, I think she of fucking Glenn. Oh, since we here. That's why I did that segue, friend. Since we here. Because then it's going to take us into this last part between Antoinette and and, La- and Letitia. I don't know what Glenn does for a living. I'm not trying to find out. <laughs> but what I do know is there is a stark difference in how Letitia handled his outside baby and how we see Mel handle Martell's outside baby. Mm. And it bears repeating, and I know y'all tired of us saying this. When this show, when the first episode, the first thing we said, if you go back to that Ratchet Ramblings episode where we introduced this show, men are these women's downfall. 
no woman should be comfortable accepting no outside fucking babies in their marriage. Period. No. She well, and friend, is it me? Or is these motherfuckers so slow for trying to compare her having entertaining conversations with other men to actual cheating? He said he got to get over me texting niggas in his own time. A nigga who got a whole outside baby? Like, there's no comparison. Those two are not the same. But again, if men don't have nothing else, they have audacity. Big balls. And 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 on this show, not only that, we are dealing with, and I think you tweeted this, uh, Candace. We are dealing with women on this show who who believe that men are the prize. Oh yeah, we finna come to that. Cause ain't no way in the hell you ain't no way in the hell you finna sit here and sit in my goddamn face and tell me that me talking to somebody after you had an outside yeah. baby on me is the same as you having an outside baby. And multiple infidelities. Also that. Like Which you. I'm not here to call none of you ladies ugly or nothing like that. I just overall y'all are a, a beautiful group of black women, southern black women. I'm not here to take that from y'all. Marie get on my nerves, but I even think Marie is pretty. Okay. Yeah, she's when Tambra Wiggs is when Tambra when Tambra Wiggs is right, Tambra right. That voice. Okay? Mm-mm, mm-mm, mm-mm. You know. Letitia, beautiful chocolate woman. Not taking that from you. But to have the unmitigated gall and audacity to accuse Dr. Antoinette Lyles of flirting with a man that can't even be faithful to you. Baby, I know you fucking lying. I know you motherfucking lying. Sweet Pea, I know you lying. (laughs) Sugarfoot. (laughs) All right. Miss Mamas. (laughs) Darling. (laughs) Pooh Bear. You telling me. (laughs) You telling me. Mm. That when you look at Dr. Antoinette Lyles, you think she has to stoop to flirting with your husband. (laughs) This woman, who is one of the finest women amongst this group. So pretty. So very, very pretty. One of the most accomplished women amongst this group. Don't forget the doctor. Who was at some point married to some type of semi-pro professional baseball player. And don't forget, they make bank. Stoop to flirting with Cedric unknown employment 
Jones, I'm gonna assume the nigga named Jones. He looked like his name Cedric Jones. <laughs> you, you, a woman who who spent five hundred thousand of her own dollars to open up her practice would flirt with your husband who can't even make himself a sandwich without having a fucking hissy fit. Mm. I really could not believe what I was saying because I was just, I was looking <laughs> and this is going to be real shady um, but that's why y'all listen to the show. I was just, I was looking at Antoinette, I was looking at Tisha, I was looking at Glenn, I was looking at I, I was just like, am I, it almost felt like I was being pumped because I was like, girl, I know you fucking lying to me. Why would this woman who was accomplished in a mother, and this accomplished in a motherfucker, be trying to flirt with your husband who be gone months from a time working an oil rig and has who has cheated on you multiple times? Why the hell would you think she'd be flirting? And then to say that she... She was flirting with with uh she was flirting with Glenn because she offered him some Hennessy. Girl, I what? She thought she friend and that's friend. You you left the part out. Who's gone months at a time? But when he's home, the only free time he has is to make an outside baby on you. Who's in the fuck wants your headache? Right, because he's not a really husband. He's a headache. Well, I mean, depending on who you ask, that might be the same thing. But <laughs> he's more of a then headache. She, Antoinette was cleaning up mint so the contractors could come in and finish their work after her soft opening. There was plenty of Hennessy left over because she doesn't drink it like a true classy queen. I saw that. Glenn was offering to help stay behind and clean up without even consulting you. Sound like he was flirting to me. Mm. She said, no, no, I got it. But here, I don't drink Hennessy. Take this bottle home and you and Tisha uh, get loosey-goosey to the Henny-Winny. Baby. How is she give? How is she... How is she her telling her, telling your man to go home and make love to you flirting with him? She Girl, didn't even what? tell Glenn. She didn't even tell Glenn that. She told Tisha that. She didn't even say that shit to Glenn. Cause Tisha said she got out the car when she couldn't find Glenn and came back inside. And Antoinette was like, you know, I gave Glenn a bottle of Hennessy. Y'all go home and make that baby y'all been talking about. Letitia, 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 are you slow? Cause how the fuck? <laughs> how the fuck? You are so insecure that you think another woman who is successful, much like you fancy yourself to be, mm. is as insecure and and downtrodden as you that she would want to put up with your goddamn headache. You sound the fuck stupid. The difference between you and Antoinette is she seems to know her worth. And I'm sure she was being more nice than nasty because I would have told you, considering the shit that you've been through in your marriage with Glenn, I would want no parts of that. But again, sparing you. Because I would have dog walked you, bitch. And in terms of Latrice and, and Clifford, 
all niggas as old as Clifford is flirtatious. I don't care what they say. <laughs> I'm sorry. Any nigga I ever came across that's in that age range, they is just flirtatious by nature. That is they whole get down. They grew up on 70s music. <laughs> they is flirtatious by nature. And that's and Latrice knows that, which is why she had meltdowns earlier in the season about him him possibly leaving her. Yeah. Oh, when she oh when he was complimenting her friend. Yes. But Aunt Antoinette, let me tell you. None of y'all niggas is her type. Rest assured. She obviously like athletic, successful men. None of y'all's got that. Every last nigga on that stage had a beer belly. But uh, that's that was it. That was it for season one of the Bell Collective. Looking forward to season two. Hoping they add somebody to the cast. Hoping we can get more mess. Keep that now, white woman off. Please. Get that white devil out of here. Put her in jail. Correct. Now. Love and marriage. Motherfucking Huntsville. Was this the season finale? Ooh. No. No, but the show next week is gonna be like a break. Okay, like it's that's gonna why be I asked. behind the scenes, it's gonna be behind the scenes footage, but it's gonna show some juicy shit, like Martel and uh Marceau about the fight. Marceau about the fight and shit. Yeah, yeah. Okay. That's that's the reason I asked, cause like, cause I know that, like next week, like you said, it's gonna be like behind the scenes shit. So I was wondering, like, was this the finale, season finale, or I don't, I don't think so. They didn't say it was. Okay. I was so, just asking. Boy, Martel Hope. Where do we be where do we begin? Ah. It's so much to how how do I drag the let me count the waves? Cause boy, I want to start mm, here. Mm, mm. I want to start here. I want to start with the fact that this nigga Martel gaslights everybody, and I mean everybody: his friends, his own mama, Melody. Even down to his mistress slash girlfriend. Because, sir. No, let's go to the therapist first. Uh, you know what? Yes, let's actually start there. Martel is a good example of how useless therapy is when you lie to your therapist. Yep. This scene was also a great example of how typically you can't bullshit your therapist. They see through all that shit. You tried to lie to this man's face about that woman being pregnant. And he called you the fuck out, but not good enough for me. You are a bad person. And it is honestly 
I do believe the therapist was just staying within his job description because I don't think he wants to be seen on national TV saying, hey, fam, you low, you really are a piece of shit. <laughs> right. Right. As a professional right. therapist, you have to be professional at all times. Even when some shit is telling you this motherfucker is trling. Cause that, he was giving that look like he really like if there was off camera he was saying nigga what when, the fuck when is Mar- wrong with you? when Martel said the girl was pregnant you see he got up out his chair yeah <laughs> he had to walk off for a second like Whoa. yeah <laughs> yeah I this nigga here <laughs> hey he probably can he probably walked off like they don't pay me enough for this shit they don't pay me enough to lie <laughs> you are a bad person. You yeah. weren't even gaslighting your therapist because to honestly, and the thing is from a professional standpoint, again, I, if this was a friend conversation, I would drag the shit out your therapist, but it's not your therapist's job to technically drag you, but to give you perspective to see where you can do things differently or where you fucked up at. But I guarantee you that if he had melody side of things, you if that conversation would have gone differently. You wanted well Melody did an interview with Funky Dineva. And the biggest part of the interview was this discussion about why Martel is telling everybody he was so unsatisfied in the marriage. And it boiled down to, cause she, cause he wasn't getting his dick sucked daily. First things first, cheating takes a toll on intimacy in a relationship because a lot of times with women, intimacy and trust go hand in fucking hand take that back with anybody because when a woman cheat on a man that man have all kind of reservations about hopping back in the sack with the woman that cheated on him and that's why they ask questions like did you suck the nigga dick too (laughs) you let that nigga tear your bone yeah you let that (laughs) nigga put his thumb in your ass like I do (laughs) you a slut bitch like we (laughs) we see that so the interview cleared up two things for me friend when we first got into the show good i thought that martel's cheating initially unfolded the first time on on the show in season one however melody cleared up the timeline so for our listeners who may not watch or have not watched the first season or want some clarification, according to Melody, this had not been Martel's first infidelity with this woman in season one. When they agreed to do the show, they would had been working past this infidelity, and according to her, Martel had ended this relationship with this woman. And they were in a really good space when they started filming this show. Well, fast forward and we get into the filming and it comes out that Martel is still 
carrying on a relationship with this woman. Because Funky Dineva asked the same question we have asked on this show before. Why the fuck would y'all agree to do this show knowing y'all got all this going on? Well, apparently they have been working past it or at least Melody had been working past it. Mm. And then Martell played in her face again while they were filming. So, and the crazy part is Mel hadn't told anybody that they had endured this. So it really was new to everybody else when it came out that he was still sleeping with this woman because she hadn't gone to social media. She hadn't told Marceau or Letitia or Maurice or Kimmy or anybody. They had tried to handle this privately under the assumption that the relationship had ended and they were going to rebuild their marriage. Rebuild that trust. And Uh-huh. And then she found out while they were filming season one that he was still cheating with the same woman. Mm. That's where we are there. Next, Melody says, before we got married, I wasn't sucking your dick daily. After we got married, I wasn't sucking your dick daily. After I had all your goddamn babies, I damn sure wasn't sucking your dick daily. What is the issue? And my question is, and I wish Funky Dineva had asked her this, how freaky was Martell that he was expecting daily dick sucks? <laughs> was his face was his face planted in your pussy and your ass as much as he wanted his dick down your throat? I now I guarantee you I guarantee you there was no reciprocity there. I can guarantee you that. I guarantee you. He is not nearly as freaky as he wants her to be. I will bet my life on it. Because hell, he ain't as I, get, he, I, I bet my life he ain't as freaky as he want to be. He not. Because if we, I mean, if we be on, uh, never mind. That's a <laughs> too much information. I just, I'm just saying that if that is the pinnacle of your freakiness. Mm. It's a lot you not doing in your bedroom. If daily dick sucking is is the pinnacle of your freakiness, because I could think of some whole other shit that, that mm. <laughs> you could have been requesting in place of that. <laughs> That's a whole other podcast. Now back to the show because <laughs> I I felt like that was key information. Because we don't really know the timeline of when the cheating actually started. Because we first we thought it was like two years. Then we found out it's been five years. So it had to be going on far before we got to season one. And Melody finally cleared up the timeline for us. And they are legally divorced now. Right. So my biggest, Well, not my biggest issue because... Excuse me, because Lord knows this is a lot of issues I have with Martell, as y'all hear uh, every episode when I say I want to beat him the fuck up. Um, and you'll hear even more later on. Woo-hoo! Because, nigga. But my, one of my things is, if he's doing all this bellyaching and complaining about you never, you, you know, you wasn't satisfying my needs, you know, I didn't get my dick sucked, or you weren't complimenting me, but that's that in the third. And I go back to what Maurice said. Nigga, you had three options. You could either stay and work it out, you could communicate that to Melody and see if y'all could find some kind of middle ground, or you could do what you did, which was the worst option. 
cheat. So nigga, you obviously didn't do the first two options. So what the fuck, like nigga, we are literally here because you chose the worst option of the three. Hello. And there's no Bitch. accountability on your part as let, hey, maybe if I wouldn't have, maybe if I would have stepped up elsewhere and took some of the burden off Melody domestically, she would be in a much happier situation where, hey, maybe she would be open to the idea of sucking your dick. Maybe not daily, maybe, but maybe more frequently. Maybe if you wasn't spending all your free time during the day laid up with another bitch, you could have been giving her some of that free time. And she could have been, been getting spontaneous with y'all. You could have been planning spontaneous shit with her. But you know, this Niggas blew my mind, friend. We hear Martell talking to his. I'm not going to even reduce her to a mistress, his partner. We he hear Martell talking to, talking to his, talking to his other partner. And something she said really solidifies why Mel left. And I'm glad she finally did. This woman came out her mouth and said, Martell, you have always been good to me. Okay, we on the same page because that stood out to me too. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> you had a whole other wife, nigga. Mm-hmm. You wasn't just fucking this woman and leaving. You wasn't leaving her with a wet ass and dry pockets. You were taking care of two households. Yep. Yep. You were playing. You were playing partner to two women. That was your other part. That was your other wife. Yep. If you could have legally married her, you would have. Yep. And I can't imagine the type of pain that must hit Mel, even though y'all are divorced, to have to sit on, sit in your house and have people contact you or you to watch this show and hear this woman tell your your ex-husband, your now ex-husband, but was your husband at the time, how good he's been to her throughout the course of y'all marriage. That's fucked up. That's rough. That's rough. And also what stuck out to me was the time of when she said that, the, the other woman. Because she said that Martell has always been good to, to her. After Martell tried to gaslight her, even her. Like the baby, the baby wasn't his. Nigga. Nigga. Who else baby is it, Martell? This- Again, this was your partner. Your other partner. This is why I agree with Mel when she said he's basically in a sunken place mentally because you know that woman's baby is yours. You've been running around throwing in Mel's face how much this woman satisfies you and keeps you satisfied and you've been satisfied. Yet you would go as far to say if the baby is mine. There's no if about that, nigga. Right. You, you uh, need to be shot. Right, well, like, you're really a piece of shit, Martell. <laughs> like to everybody, you are truly a piece of Listen, shit. Listen, let me play some gunshots. No, you know what? That's too far. <laughs> Never mind. Fuck it. <laughs> it 
It'd be hilarious. Wow. It'd, <laughs> it'd be hilarious is when you edit this that you put some gunshots when we had that little silence. <laughs> I just mm-mm. now let's go to the shit. opening of black. So um Martel comes in. Tisha. Y'all have not had any real communication with the Holtz. You don't know what the actual truth is. <laughs> And y'all, you standing amongst these dumbass niggas talking about speak your truth, speak your truth. The truth is, no amount of lack of intimacy justifies a man going outside his marriage and having an outside baby and carrying on a five, a whole five-year relationship with a 13-year marriage. Nothing justifies that. There is no justification for that. Zero. His truth ain't shit. And it shouldn't be. And when Marceau was like, nah, don't speak your truth because your, your truth is fucked up. Like, my thing, not only that, like, Tisha, Martel and them two, that couple, are talking about a conversation you were not privy to you don't know what the hell was said. You don't know what the hell was talking about. Why are you leaving up saying, now nah, Martel, stand in your truth, speak your truth. You don't know. And uh, again, like you just said, Candace Marceau was like, you don't know what the hell was said. Sometimes you don't need to speak your truth. No, 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 no. Again, Tisha, are, are you delayed, baby? Like, what? Is, what is it? <laughs> like, what is it? Like... I, and see, that's the type of shit where it's like, I mean, granted, it's Spider-Man upon the Spider-Man. That's the type of shit where I agree with Melanie sometimes about how two-faced that you could be. Because then right after that, you finna apologize and try to make up to Melanie when you was just trying to amp up her ex-nigga who was talking about spit, standing your truth, Martel, talk about what you feel. What he feel is fucked up. And the reason that they fucked up, you talk, and you don't even know what the hell was said talking about standing up in it. Tisha, I just, mm, see, mm. Mm-hmm. That's why I can't really give Tisha nothing. Like we done talked about it. Like Mel is fucked up, and she is full of shit for the course that you know their relationship took. That is like that is true. At the same time, Tisha is every bit of her damn mama, just messy and two faced as hell. Mm-hmm. Because that was just so fucking now. stupid. Yeah. Let's get to this grand opening. First of all, Destiny, you are so beautiful. Ain't you though? Gorgeous now, ass woman. Mel brings her brother Marcus. And they have a conversation. Oh, side note. We slept on Jalen. And Tisha said it best. Marceau saw something in Jalen that we everybody else necessarily didn't see. Right, but at his first night handling that soft opening the black, he did a phenomenal job as the GM. And I'm uh, congratulations to you, young man. Yeah. Sometimes you just need a motherfucker to take a chance on you. And Mike also made a good point. White people do the shit that Marceau do all the time. 
they bring in their inexperienced family members, give them high paying jobs and positions, train them up. And then these motherfuckers go on to run million dollar corporations and businesses. When they came in the door with zero experience, but they knew they knew somebody that knew somebody that knew somebody. So let the nepotism continue. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it did, I mean, it worked out for my soul because, like you said, Jalen did a fantastic job. Yeah, even I, the one I, little I mishap he did, he handled it. I mean, well, not he did, but you know, they had a little mishap with the server. He handled, he took, he did the shit himself. So, congratulations. I, I think, yeah, I think we have as black people, we get in the habit of believing we got a scratch and claw for everything. But when we own in our own shit, you ain't always got to make a motherfucking scratch and claw. You could bring somebody in who want to come in and passionate about getting experience, train them up, and go about their business. This yeah. could be the first step in what turns out to be really great, you know, career decision for Jalen. Right. Good on Jalen. So, good and on Jalen. Shout out. Business-wise, Marceau is very, 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 very competent. Yes. I agree with that. But he's a sexist. Yeah. And destiny and... And Melody, when they uh, said that, that shit, <laughs> it had me laughing because it was true. Absolutely. Like, like, damn, you can't even put the baby girl on the on the damn. <laughs> like, damn, Marcel, Jesus. Now, back to Marcel having to sit down with Marcus. Martel is a good example of how much. homophobia lacks actual logic because you just told this man you want your kids exposed to husband and wife and not husband and husband while you have participated in husband wife side chicken outside babies but you don't think that's confusing to them like husband and husband is confusing you don't think that your kids having their comfort ripped apart because daddy keeps sleeping with a, a woman that's not mommy and is having babies with a woman that's not our mommy, that's not confusing at all, no. But seeing two men happily married, living a fruitful life, filled with love and positivity is, is confusing to them. Homophobia lacks so much fucking logic that it's hard for me to wrap my mind around that type of shit. You are a misogynist. You are a terrible person. You are a true and classic homophobe. And when and I and it hurt my heart to feel like Marcus had to defend every other aspect of his life to you because he is happily married to his his husband. Even if you wasn't a 25-year retired educator, even if you wasn't a man of God in your own church, even if you wasn't doing all these positive things, you being happily married to another man is you being happily married. It bears no need for an explanation of any other aspect of your life. None. And you can connect us. That shit hurt my heart, friend, talking about, you know, you going to take one part of my life and use it against me, but I'm all these other things. Let me tell you something. You beautiful, courageous, loving-ass Black man. You don't have to separate your marriage from the rest of who you are to appease no fucking homophobe like Martel. Because every single part of you works together. 
those kids saw more love in that house with you and your husband than they have seen with they mammy and they daddy in over a fucking year boy boy fuck you Martell, you got a lot of motherfucking audacity. Let me count the ways. The fact that you, first of all, your kids already have seen a foundation of mommy and daddy, a, fo- a foundation that you said, fuck that and ripped to shreds, but they've already seen that foundation. As Mel said, as she came in um, after Marcus left, um, because he was tired of your fuck shit. So that's number one. Number two, the contradiction of I don't have no problem with it. I don't, I don't give a damn if it's positive negative. I just don't want it for my kids. Well, if you say it's not a, a positive or a negative, then why the hell do you care? Again, like Candace said, homophobia lacks, uh, lacks logic. Uh, number two, no, I mean, number three, um, if you wanted that, you know, if you wanted to keep said husband-wife dynamic or foundation that you want for your kids, then you wouldn't have stepped outside your marriage. Because you stepped outside of that foundation. You destroyed that foundation. You tore it apart. And now, because you of you tearing it apart, now your kids are exposed to husband-husband foundations, which if you if you are, we are to believe you, you say you don't mind. You don't you don't say it's a bad thing. You not you just don't want it for your kids. Why don't you want it for your kids? Because happy is happy. A good foundation is a good foundation. The foundation of partnership crosses all um, sexualities and identities. Is If two people are happy and working together as a unit, as a partnership, that is a happy dynamic. They, As my friend just said, they haven't seen that from, in, in, from you because you've been stepping out of that foundation, but they have been seeing it from their brother. I mean, from their uncle and his husband. So you should be happy that they are seeing two happy functioning adults in a healthy relationship because they ain't been seeing that shit dealing with your motherfucking asses and daddy. Because you wouldn't know happy Hello. if it hit you in the goddamn face. You wouldn't know you wouldn't know what being a good partner is if it hit you in the goddamn face. You wouldn't know what a healthy relationship is if it hit you in the goddamn face. Because you had that and you stepped out on all of it. Hello. So you go to hell. You a bitch. You literally took you the words bitch. out of my mouth because I was about to say that. You a bitch. And when Mel walked up, Mel checked you right away. And she said the same thing that Jeremy just said. Well, they had a husband wife uh, foundation and you fucked it up. You don't think what you're doing is confusing. But them seeing my brother being happily married is. And Jeremy made a good point in the pregame that somebody brought up the fact that Martell didn't just get this way and has mail allowed it before. But like it has been said on all sides, Mel and her brother have gotten really close since this divorce. Like she went to Atlanta, was staying with him and so on and so forth. Whereas before, you know, they probably saw each other on holidays and birthdays, a cookout here and there and shit. You know, I I don't know how far Huntsville is from Atlanta. It can't be that far if Mel was coming back and forth, back and forth. But I'm pretty sure. Yeah, so I'm pretty certain that, you know, while they may have seen each other, when you and Mel were together and were happy, y'all were a power couple in Huntsville. Y'all managed to acquire 47 acres of land. Y'all managed to open up multiple businesses. Y'all have several children. So I'm pretty sure 
the, there wasn't the time to spend all that time with your brother who was in Atlanta. Then you throw in the pandemic, y'all not filming, you know, work is slowing down, y'all going through a divorce. So now she's spending more time with him. And by default, if she's spending more time with him, the kids spending more time with him. Yeah. But That's every time he has been homophobic, she gets she claws his fucking neck off. Because she shooed Marcus right on out of there and proceeded to check the shit out of Martel. And she also brought up the fact that you got a lot to say for a nigga that's not trying to sign no divorce papers. And he called her a hoe. You got a whole baby on the way. Who you, how you, who the hoe? Yo, mammy a hoe. Your mama a hoe, bitch. <laughs> and, look, and then he trying to give her this speech. Did you see how unbothered she looked? Yeah. Yeah. She's sitting I, and there like, um, like, I, I don't uh, give a fuck. Why you don't have a lawyer no more? She sidestepped all that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But where's your lawyer? Right. Because and the the and um when when he walked off because he got dragged and all the women came over there because Destiny called it. He don't want he don't really want to be divorced. He want his family back, but yet at the same time keeps saying and doing shit. Like you can't say I want my wife and my family back, but acting the way that you act, those are the, the exact opposite. Because you acting like a nigga who don't give a fuck about his his family or his wife. Hell, you and that's why we here now. Cause you don't. So stand up in that and go on to be a, a be with your other partner and leave Melody the hell alone. And do what the hell you exactly got, do what the hell you got to do for your kids and your new baby that you got on the way, your new kid that's on the way. But leave that woman the hell alone because you don't want her. Because if you really did, you would take accountability. It wouldn't be no I fucked up, but male. Nah, nah. It would have been Martel fucked up. I might not get my my wife and my family back because of my actions, but I am going to try to make amends fully and not be like, I'm going to make amends. I'm going to say I want to make amends, but do all this other petty shit and be antagonistic and a fuck boy. Yep. Because you's a narcissistic ass bitch, Martel. You's a narcissistic... Yep. Selfish, self-centered, egotistical ass bitch. Um, wanted to talk about that apology Tisha gave, but I don't care. <laughs> I appreciate, <laughs> I appreciate Tisha being phony enough to, you know, come out with the girls when Mel was crying after Mar- Martel left, but. As a whole, I don't ever see their friendship being what it once was. And like you said, friend, it's things like when Mel sees how she was dick riding Martel when he came prior to the soft opening getting underway. And then doing the whole, well, he ain't thinking about the kids and he ain't doing this and he ain't doing that. If you want to move forward with her, the first thing, one thing you should do is is be, be neutral. 
like a lot of the ladies have been, except for Destiny, because Destiny is Martell's friend, and she holds his ass to the fire. But Kimmy don't get deep in it because there is a neutrality factor considering how they how they became friends with Kimmy as a couple. So I mean, okay, you did that, but hmm. mm. that's that's where I am with that. Mm. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I mean, it's, I agree with you as far as like her melody and Tisha's friendship. Honestly, at this point, I'm exhausted with honestly both of them, and I don't really care. <laughs> like y'all ain't gonna be friends again, like you were, and it is what it is at this point. Yeah. So that's I guess uh, that's that's all. And we Martell, had. I guess we'll beat your motherfucking ass. Let it let the point stand and remain that we will beat your ass, Martell. For real, for sure. Because you was a for bitch. Certain. Oh ass nigga. You was a fuck now. Boy. With that said, we'll be back next week. It may be a short show. It may not be. Who knows? Uh. I'm going to watch that behind the scenes shit, but I don't think it's worth discussing on the show. Oh, yeah, me uh, too. So we'll be back I'm, I'm with, with me. We'll be back with Married to Medicine. Um, damn, that might be the only thing. I got to check and see where uh, Little Women is at. Maybe Love Goes. When does that come back? I doubt you. Love Goes come back on the second, Friday. Mm. So this week coming. So we'll see. But uh yeah, happy listening niggas. We out. Peace.